0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vox Podcast. We are so glad you're tuning in today. Michael Erie and Timothy John Stafford here. Uh, We are grateful that um, we get to play a small part in your life. And we want to thank, before we even get started, we want to thank Alan and Gina for joining our uh, team on uh, Patreon, Patreon patreon.com, Vox Podcast with Mike Erie. New name coming. We're now looking at logos and color palettes and designs <laughs> and websites. And um, it's all very exciting. There, there, there are probably dozens of people eager to hear uh, the new name. So we'll dozens keep you. Dozens might be a stretch. <laughs> we'll keep you posted. <laughs> so uh, what we want to do today, uh, we, we didn't get any good and juicy reviews, did we, last week?
1: No, well, I think we got like some
0: nice ones. Oh, yeah. We never want to read those. Never. <laughs> we, don't want to, we
1: don't want to encourage the,
0: yeah. the niceties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so we're just going to dive straight into the sermon. We're just oh, going to go. Because this one. You don't want to This banter? one. No. You don't want to talk about water? Why are you? Yeah, you got some rain out in California, yeah, don't no. you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's all anyone can talk about in California when it rains because it's like it's oh, I a remember! Surprise.
0: Oh, I remember! Oh, yes, it's this thing called weather. I know. Yeah, and I always loved that the the place in the country that has the least interesting weather has HD Doppler seven thousand mega. You <laughs> know what I mean? California. Like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And whether people like Dallas or Johnny Mountain, which is the greatest? I mean, who was makes, that? A real name, Johnny yes! Mountain? I think oh, it wow. was. I like that who makes this stuff up yeah i'm sure he, i mean i'm gonna go with dallas rains and johnny mountain were that's the ones great. i remember those are those are incredible weather names we need good podcast names Ooh, that's a great <laughs> idea um the other thing is tim i just i did you invest in gamestop at all
1: i did not <laughs> okay
0: me neither Missed that train entirely. I
1: do love it. I think it's a pretty... It's it's exposed a lot in our country and has made a very interesting conversation about capitalism and stock These, markets.
0: And- the disruptions provoked. I mean, you know, at first it was uh, Airbnb disrupting the hotel industry and Uber and Lyft disrupting the taxi industry. and yeah. But now, oh, now, I mean, p- short sales and hedge funds. I mean, that... This is this is what they do: short squeezes, which is what these Reddit <laughs> investors did. That's super common, Yeah. right? But um, you know, when when apps controlled by hedge funds have to shut down because small investors are actually working together, that yeah, I love it. That is this is a whole new day, and when and when the app in question is named Robinhood, <laughs> yeah, you're in straight you're in straight Dallas rains territory. Yes. But- it's too perfect. It is you can't who could have made this up?
1: That's this everything right now. It's, everything. it's such a weird time period where if you Good look Lord. back in the history books and people are gonna be like, this none of this is true. <laughs> a Robin Hood app.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> Stole money from the rich people? That's odd. Oh. So anyway, there's our banter. There it is, done. All right. Let's Ashley, talk
0: about judgment. Ashley is gonna read another canadian angel is going to read our text today from matthew 7 we're actually in the last chapter of the sermon on the mount ladies and gentlemen arriving to the grand finale but this one oh man this is good stuff so ashley take it away
1: Hey, this is Ashley, and I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm reading from Matthew 7, 1 to 6.
2: Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured
1: to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay
2: no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye,
1: you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the African angels that you need to look out for, Apollo White reference for those of you, but you need to pay attention to the Canadian angels because when they read they read as the voice of God. Uh, this, man, this judgment text, dang, dang. Hey. So we got a lot to talk about, all right? Yep. So buckle up, Timothy. I'm buckled. Uh, yes. Um, so My do not, are girded. Do, ooh, do not judge or you will be judged. Now, the Greek word judge here is the word krino. The word crino originally meant to separate. It's where mm-hmm. we get the word critical or critique or criticize. All right? So to separate something is from good and bad or uh, right and wrong. Um uh to to be able to uh categorize and label. I mean that's that's what it means to exercise crino. Now, in the parallel passage in the book of Luke, G- it, it, Luke has Jesus saying, do not judge or you will be judged. Do not condemn or you will be condemned. So, so there's a specific kind of judgment that I think Jesus has in mind. And I think there's a good judgment that, that Jesus has in mind, but he's not referring to here. So we're going to distinguish between good crino and bad crino. All right. Good judgment and bad judgment. And we're going to deal with the bad judgment first, right? In the Luke passage, when he says, you know, uh, do not judge or you will be judged. Do not condemn. That's, that's, that's parallelism. So he's ruling out the kind of judgment that leads to condemnation or better said, the kind of judgment that is judgment between peoples. So. We are given great permission to judge things, right? Is this thing, way of life, this belief, is this helpful or not helpful? What we're not given permission to do is to separate people based upon our judgments of them into good, bad, orthodox, heretic, right, wrong, whatever. Does that does that distinction make sense? Totally. So the bad crino is separating people into categories of, of heroic or villainous, um, you know, uh, praiseworthy or condemnation worthy. This kind of judgment is the kind of it's the kind of judgment that leads us to condemn each other, and uh, and the and the scriptures, oddly enough, in lots of different places have a lot to say um, about this. But one of the biggest things it has to say. Uh, about this is the picture uh, in Genesis of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and there's all sorts of debate I mean about what that symbolizes and what that represents. Right. but but there is a, I think a decent case to be made that that's that is a tree of judgment where we're where we become arbiters of good and evil based upon our own self-serving ideas of good and evil. And if that understanding is true, then one of the things that follows is the the idea that when I separate people into good and bad categories, right, this bad form of condemnation, uh, this bad form of crino, I receive a hit. I receive a bit of life. I receive a bit of fullness. I receive a bit of self-righteousness. It's the idea, of course, is that we were to live in such intimate relationship with God and that God defined good and evil we did not have to experience good and evil to know it once i've Mm. experienced good and evil one of the ways and i'm cut off from the source of life that is that is god one of the ways i i begin to um find life in my fallenness is by condemning others right and we all know this that if you want to lift yourself up you put other people down um, you know if you want to to make sure no one's getting ahead of you, you subtly kind of undercut them. I mean there are all kinds of ways that we do this but but the idea and I think this is really important when we talk about judgment is that I get something from categorizing people I benefit there's a hit, there's a piece of fullness there's just a piece of life that comes when I see something that's so obviously horrible on the internet and I jump in with both feet with absolute moral clarity. And, um, and, and, and obviously there's a place for that. We're going to talk about the place in a second, but, but let's talk about the judgment that condemns, right? Cause what I want to do is i want to look at what someone has said or what someone has done. And I want to make a judgment about the part of them. I can't see namely mm-hmm. their worth, their value, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the move that scripture outlaws that move from observing someone's speech or tweet or action and then making a judgment about who they are as a person that's that's the bit that's the condemnation that's the bad crino. that's where i'm separating people into idiots and losers right. and into the people that agree with me all right yeah and the first big point is that i get life from doing that there the, there's a reason why outrage um is is helpful right it's fuel it's doing yeah. something it and and there's a deep psychosis in us that um that benefits from this sort of self-righteousness right and and we're all guilty of that but we just need to call that out as as we begin the idea that that we're not we're not just neutral observers <laughs> we're actually we actually exercise judgment in ways that benefit us always yeah yeah right so, so, so the idea that this bad sort of crino is ruled out, um, it's ruled out because, and these are uh, no duh statements, but implied mm. in Jesus's teaching is, I, I'm not in a position of superiority <laughs> over another person. Number two, I'm not God. Number three, I don't know their story. I mean, how many times and examples have we heard of where you make a judgment about someone and then you learn their backstory? Right. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea that's what was going on. Yeah. And you have to totally revise your judgment based upon new information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I've had to do that so many times. And I plead. When I'm being judged, I plead for that. I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I didn't intend that. That's not who I am, right? Those right. are the things we say when we're judged. And so our judgments, big point number one, our judgments are always self-serving. And we always get a hit from them, right? Um, big point number two uh, is is that um, we ourselves are guilty of everything we're judging others for, and that's where Jesus gets into this log and speck thing. And this is one of the least practiced teachings, probably next to love your enemy, uh, in Christian circles. So uh, why do you look at your at the speck in your brother's eye? Uh, and pay no attention to the plank in your own. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite first take the plank out and then you'll be able to see to remove the speck. Now, if, if you're a a church person at all, you've heard this. Um, but very rarely is this sucker practiced. Um, we ourselves are in need of judgment. And so the reason, so this is what Jesus says. This is why he says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. So there is a place for good crino, right? Bad crino is the separating of people yeah. into worthy, unworthy, right? It does, and the categorizing of people. There is a good crino, when 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 Jesus is going to talk about pearls and swine, there's a good crino, but that is a separation of things into wise, unwise, right, true, false, good, bad. Uh, but that's not condemnation against individuals. That is, is this helpful or not helpful, right? Is this is this is this something that's beneficial or not, right? And um and when we see something in an image bearer that is not helpful to them. If we are going to use a standard of judgment, that judgment first has to be applied to us. That's what Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, whatever standard you're going to use. So I see someone's unhelpful tweet, and I, and I grow agitated and irritated and angry and furious at the tweet. Uh, Here, the the idea is that I myself, I have to be I have to judge myself using that same standard. Right. Before I'm in a place to in any way, shape, or form, gently and helpfully confront somebody else. Totally. Oof. Oof. Now notice <laughs> in Jesus' login and um, spec example, there still really is a speck in your brother's eye. Totally. And you have a responsibility. In certain circumstances, all right, to identify and and help somebody see the speck in their own eye, but the only way you get there is taking the judgment you're using, even in the good sense, and applying it to yourself first. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, makes sense so far.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day with talking to somebody about the way they were um, treating and speaking to their wife, and this doing the doing the self-check at home for the way in which it just it feels healthy i think is the long and short of
0: that yes the bad judgment cuts us off from relationship totally right It, it removes it removes everything at the at the sacrifice of being correct at the altar of being right the good kind of judgment is the kind of judgment, and I've experienced this where people go, "Dude, this is really a blind spot." Mm. And the reason I can recognize it is because I have that blind spot too, and it's been pointed yeah. out in me that those are such different conversations. Yeah. All right. So, good crino and bad crino. Um, do not judge, or you will be judged. Right. Whatever standard you're going to use, well, that standard's going to boomerang on you. Awesome. So so. <laughs> The 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 implication of that teaching then is that I cannot go talk about a speck in someone else's eye without de- dealing with the log in mine. Yeah. Okay. So that's the negative teaching. The positive teaching is the pearls and swine thing, and, and we'll get to that next week because uh, that's a whole other can of worms. But for now, we just want to say, okay, is there a place then? Because the natural question is, okay, so if there's a good kind of krino, right, where there really is, there are specks of sawdust yeah. in each other's eyes, how and when do you practice it? Because I think what Jesus and Paul would say is that that good kind of crino is not just allowed, but it's necessary.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? I mean, y- you have in the scriptures all over the place, particularly in Paul's pastoral letters, him separating... This is not everything. You say everything is beneficial, but I'm telling you, not everything is beneficial. Yeah. You say you can do all things, but I'm saying not everything is wise, right? He's um, in in the book of Hebrews. We're told there are certain kinds of teaching that are that that are um, milk versus the solid food of of you know uh, more thick, robust kinds of teaching, right? So so we're we have to be able to distinguish. Um between the good, bad, the right, wrong, the wise or unwise. And the and the scriptures call us to do this in a process of discernment. When it involves other people, however, the biblical teaching is really, really interesting. All right. So first we're given the context. Who is it that we are to discern with? So let's call the good crino discernment and let's call the bad crino judgment. Perfect. Even though the same that you can translate the word judgment let's distinguish it so i don't have to keep saying bad crino and good crino let's (laughs) say the bad one is judgment and the good one is discernment Discernment. perfect judgment is the separation of people and the condemnation of people uh discernment is the separation and critique of things right ways of life actions words and so on without going that extra step into the condemnation of the person so um so the context of this. So first, who does the church exercise discernment with first and foremost? Their Timothy.
1: Own, and with their community. Yes.
0: Right. Let it be known that Tim is making a gesture with his hands. <laughs> yeah. That that is a communal gesture. Right? So judgment <laughs> according to Peter begins with the house of God. Yeah. And, and Paul even says this, and this is one of the least practiced teachings of Paul. Who am I to judge those outside the church? I mm. judge those inside. Right? There is this strand of Christian baloney, and I use that in baloney. the good crino sense, that <laughs> that somehow expects that non-Jesus people should act and think like Jesus people. Right, right. And so one of the things we've always insisted on um, is that, hey, what if we just expect Christians to act like Christians and non-Christians to act like non-Christians? Let's just start there, right? So we don't, we're, not, we're not crinoing non-Christians, right? right? The church doesn't sit in judgment over the world and just critique the world into sheep and goats or right and wrong. That the whole thing, even in the discernment level, starts and begins with the people of God, right? That totally makes sense. If Jesus says, Hey, discernment begins with you. Yeah. You take that level, that standard of discernment, and apply it to yourself first, then you can talk to somebody else. Well, that would make sense on a corporate level, too, right? So the first place it happens, and the most important place it ha- happens, is the prophetic critique of the church by the church. Yeah. Right? So so unity whatever unity means can't mean we never the church never calls itself out. No, it has to. It has to. No maybe it does too much. I would argue maybe it does it enough. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a great that's a very interesting conversation in other places. Yeah. So, with whom do we discern? Well, we discern within the within the people of God. Where do we discern with each other? Well, the churches that Paul was writing to were 20 people meeting yeah. in a house. Uh In some cases in the Jerusalem church, they were meeting every day. These were not random people online. These were people that you were, you were in a manner of speaking, you were on the inside of their life. Yeah, you were living with them. Yes.
1: I mean, living in the not just in the house, but the communal sense, living life together.
0: Yes. There was, let, let the record show there was no gesture there. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of but mental ye- gestures. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. So you're on the inside of people, um, in the inside of their lives, and you are doing life kind of with them, to use a Christian phrase. Um, and um, and so, you know, people people have critiqued me um for years rightly and wrongly but the critiques that are always the best ones and the most powerful ones that comes they come from the people who know me and love me yeah um so i'll get you know hey i have a word uh from god for you i mean i used to get this a ton when i was a uh like a big time pastor and i just i i I would always be terrified of those like what if what if i'm what if this is true um, and then a friend of mine was just like, yeah, if God wants to speak to you, he's got plenty, pl- plenty of people closer to you. Interesting. Uh, who will speak to you. Um, uh, and so I, I was kind of free from, but the people who are close, who then, if, if you're healthy enough to have given them real permission to critique yeah. in the best sense, man, those are the ones you really pay attention to. Yeah. And so, um, unless I've been invited on, um, the inside of another Christian's life, or unless they are a public figure making public statements about Christianity in general, I'm not given a lot of permission to even exercise the good discernment. Right. But, but if it's a pastor pup preaching a sermon or a theologian tweeting a tweet, um, I think there are cases with social media now where I don't have to follow the Matthew sort of 18, like keep it internal rules um, to be able to object to certain things that people are saying. Where, mm. I, where I get into trouble is that I begin, and this is, this is my sin, is I want to judge the judges. And mm. it's impossible to do that without becoming one of them. Right. So the people who really make me mad are the people who are closing the doors of the kingdom to people by making Jesus ugly. Or by confusing Jesus with Christian nationalism or white supremacy or capitalism or American Jesus or whatever, right? I I get really fired up about that stuff. And by Paul's example, that stuff is worth getting fired up about. The issue is I take it too far and then begin begin to make judgments about the people who hold those views rather than going to war against the view itself. Totally. Tell us more about that, Tim. Tell us more <laughs> no, about your just, judgments. No, I kidding. judge often all day long. <laughs> and we get life. We get life from that.
2: Yeah.
1: It makes me feel like I'm correct or superior in my
0: yep. in my little my little world of thinking. And and we have to also be careful of our discernments with each other because God doesn't deal with, with everything in our lives all at once. Right? right? I don't I don't have the right to order someone's discipleship unless they've given me that right. Yeah. Right? I mean, I look at how God has worked in my life towards any kind of maturity and it was never, hey, let's tackle all of this at once. It was <laughs> right? It was surround me with people who've lived a better way. Yeah. Some of them would say, hey, have you considered living this better way in this area of your life? And regardless of whether or not I said yes to that, they were still with me and committed to me.
1: Well, I mean, that has been such a fault of Christian thinking for so long is that I think that we take that like turn away from sin idea as as a, it's just kind of preached and yelled at people as a version of like once you turn it's over like you just turn right. and be done and we've just right. learned so much that it's like you turn then we're gonna walk together for a long time and there may be moments where we have to keep turning totally. back towards totally which makes sense in a community and not in a large thing where you're where you're a uh, that's right just an unheard voice or an unseen face but when i think about like our little vox team And how different each of the people are that are involved in um, the conversation with us. Right. They're all really, really different. So that (laughs) discernment, um, each person brings a very specific thing that I don't have. And so it broadens my discernment so much because I hear, you know, these individual, personal, brilliant, um, flawed awesome folks that are, you know, bringing a lens that I don't have. And it's, a, and that just makes sense. <laughs> if and, I was discerning just through my own thing, it'd be terrible.
0: Yes. And that's, that's what narcissism does totally. as, as a, as a recovering, perhaps, narcissist. <laughs> I think I'm the best discerner in the room. Totally. And I do think that about myself. <laughs> so... So the, the, the growth for me has been being, cause I've never, I've never trusted people. I just never, I didn't, I didn't know I kept everyone at a distance. I just didn't, I thought I was a great friend or whatever, but, um, trusting people enough to give them power to yeah. discern in my life. That's really scary. Oh man, that is scary because there's a lot that needs to be worked on let's just be honest but yes <laughs> so 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 all the more reason why um, why the modern church model can often be harmful yes is that the head of 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 the church is not given permission to be in process or sinful yeah um you know or, or they can be sinful in kind of an abstract sort of way um, but nothing too specific. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yes. It's been a huge flaw. Yes. So what you guys you guys enabled was, Oh, I can be specifically sinful and be loved and, and have that discerned as out of bounds and in need of correction significantly. But then not cast aside as unworthy. Because what my shame or what our shame does is, 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 yes. is you know, for those of us living under a shame story, we're just like, yay, yeah, 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 I deserve this. I totally deserve this. Yeah, it's so all like that it's is just, just the
1: flip version of the judgment. Now you're, the yes. judgment isolates you in a narcissistic, you know, what you think is a positive place and the shame just isolates you
0: and, you know, in a narcissistic negative way. Right. Right, exactly, exactly, and and so isolation and either extreme is death. Um, yeah. So I love your point about yeah. I I've learned that I can't even crino rightly by myself. Right, you know what I mean? Like people, which have, is so
1: easy to do in the social media world is
0: just uh, sit there and. Yes, I've had to apologize for things. Um, right, we <laughs> and and um, totally so let me recap this just a little bit. Okay. When Jesus says, do not judge, he's not saying, do not make discernments that everything's fair and everything's equally good and everything's equally true and everything's equally beneficial. Nope, not at all. Um, He is saying though, we don't, we're not in a position to condemn. A, because we don't have full and complete information, right? There's always a prequel or a backstory. B, Um, we're under judgment ourselves for the same things we're using to judge others. And so if you are going to discern in the good sense, then the log and spec thing is the way to go. Now, how do we discern? Well, this was practiced when Jesus gives the instructions of Matthew 18 about going to the person by yourself and then go to the person with two other people and then let it be known to the church. This was being practiced in houses, of a dozen or twenty people, this was not mega church practice, um, and the assumption um, is that you were you were one anothering each other in those communities all over the place. So this was a community that was already defined by forgiveness, comforting one another, carrying each other's burden, so on, so on, so on. And and, and then if you were going to discern, there was a process you did before you discerned, which was um, you use that same standard against yourself. And I found it very powerful. If I'm going to talk to somebody about something I'm seeing to just lead with the admission that, well, I only recognize it because I I've seen it in myself. Right. Yeah. Very rarely um, are we able to point things out in in others. Now, obviously murder. I can, I can point out murder (laughs) without having murdered. Right. Um, But some of the more subtle things of, of pride or ego or whatever, um, you know, those I have great experience. Can I ask with. a question.
1: Yes, is this in any way riffing or relating to the light and heavy? Oh, I think it is because it feels that when I was reading it, it feels that way. Where it's like you don't call it the light without looking at the heavy, right? Or you know what I mean? To that, yep. there's a play. Uh, there seems to be a playful thing or a congruent idea in there of.
0: But I don't know if I made that up. No, Tim, I think that's really insightful. Because what are you judging? You're you're judging the commands when you wake some yeah. heavy and some light, right? Yeah. And so and so, who who is again eating from the knowledge of the tree and good and evil? I am. Right. <laughs> now I do think um, the commands themselves commend uh, themselves as light and heavy. So I don't think that was a complete fabrication, because you have, there are circumstances where they will contradict each other and you have to make a determination. No question about that. But the practice, the rightness of the Pharisees was um, mislabeling these, misappropriating these, or, or uh, only practicing the thinking that you would met the heart of the heavy ones, By just practicing their extreme application. So I don't have to worry about anger because I haven't murdered. I don't worry about lust because I haven't had adultery. And you say, no, no, the new rightness is actually internal and it's secret. It's not public. Um, And it has to do with the renovation of you first um, as a part of the greater community. And the renovation of you can only happen in community, by the way. Right. right. The the crino that's even the good one can only happen together. Right. So, my friends, another implication that was a great question, Tim. And that, that thread that thread is still throughout the sermon. Yeah. Um, I get how it feels like a bunch of different random teaching, but I think there's you know, and it could have been. It could have been these. This is a summary of three different sermons, or this was one sermon one day, and everyone's going, "My goodness, my mind is blown." Because we but have the examples. Of- all
1: feel really congruent. That's why I've been trying to yes. hold, and, and I'm glad that you did the full recap. Was I don't know if that was last episode? That it's helpful to, because regardless of if this was, I mean, I hope for the people's sake, it was maybe in separate <laughs> sections, but. Um, yeah, I'm trying imagine? really
0: hard to hold all the threads in my head as we push. Yes, yes, and um, and and this is where people will say, "Yeah, well, the point of the sermon then is to make you feel like you'll never measure up. It drives you to Christ as Savior because His demands as Lord are un, uh, are you know unmeetable." Um, And we, and though that was one of the first conversations we had about the Sermon on the Mount. People will say, no, no, he doesn't expect us to obey this. This is to show us how the kind of rightness that Christ insists on and that can only be given uh, as a gift, right? When you receive Jesus and his righteousness. And I think there's some truth maybe there, but when Jesus ends the sermon without Paul saying, hey... The people who put this into practice are like people who built on rock. Right. I think he means us to do this. <laughs> yeah. So, or else he's just standing up there
1: basically judging everybody and telling them that they don't. Right. It's they, they just like, don't even try, you ding-dongs.
0: So, yes. And again, ding-dong, a very heavy accusation, <laughs> very heavy word. Now the, the pushback, or no, no, not, not we won't even get to pushback yet, but one of the questions this whole thing raises, and, and it's one of the ways I think my Christian upbringing was um, deficient, is that the, the invitation, and we've talked about this before, the invitation of the Bible and of the spirit and of the community is to be a community of discernment, right? So let's say we forsake judgment but we're still called to discern. And, and a lot of people want to punt discernment to Christian subculture. So if something is mm. labeled Christian, I can trust it. And if something's right. non-Christian, I can't. And that creates a whole host of errors Um, be, because there's a lot of worship, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's some worship lyrics that probably aren't true or Christian. <laughs> And there's some, quote, secular lyrics that are more Christian than their Christian counterparts, right? And so so um, confusing what it means to actually discern, even in the good sense, leads us to all sorts of weird places, right? So we created a Christian subculture that if you put a fish on it, you know, the Christian is now an adjective and not a noun, Right, so we Christianized things. Yeah. Right, we began to separate things into Christian or non-Christian. And um, interestingly, the Bible doesn't do that. Um, certainly, it separates things into obedience or not obedience, idolatry or to true worship, beneficial or to not beneficial, wise or foolish. Certainly, but but um, the followers of the way that were the first Christians would have never imagined. Um, things, things being labeled Christian in the ways yeah. that we've ended up labeling them. So let's have a quick, just a very quick conversation about discernment. Ooh. Shall we? Shall, shall we, Timothy? We shall. We shall. We, so if, if, if condemnation is ruled out, right, we're not allowed to condemn each other or sit in condemnation of the world, but we're invited to discern. How do we practice discernment? Well, we've just said. But we are, you and I are immersed in uh, a culture that judges all the time. Yep, cancel culture, whatever else. Um, and we're immersed in a culture where discernment is needed, and it would be very, very easily just to trust labels. Um, uh, the problem is the Bible doesn't admit to such a simplistic uh, way of engaging the world. Yeah. And um, even the word world. Is used in three different senses, right? So you'll you'll hear things like um, uh, "God so loved the world." Right. Well, um, th- that's referring to the the inhabited planet Earth, the people of the world. Yeah, we are the world in that sense, right? To quote <laughs> some sweet eighties lyrics. Um, but then you'll but then you'll have like in James. Um, do not be friends. Anyone who loves the world, right, is not of God, (laughs) but God loves the world. And so another sense, uh, the word world means, um, the ordered system of human priority and value that's hostile to God. And, um, and in that sense, we're to be in the world, but not of it. Right makes sense, yeah, and yep. then, and then you know, God made the world um just that means they created order yeah. the the earth, so it can mean the earth, the inhabited earth, or the ordered system that is opposed to God, yeah so if if something in culture is in the world, we have to discern what it is because it can yeah. be neutral, right, whether or not I go to Baskin robbins is. Um, a neutral decision. Well, unless you're somebody who eats too much ice cream. Um, uh, but but I mean, morally, there's no like discernment required uh, whether or not it's Christian or not to eat at Baskin Robbins. Right? There's right. just some parts of culture that are neutral. Obviously, there are parts of culture that need to be rejected. Um, and 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 clearly you know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, Paul will write, right? So there he's referring to the ordered system of flesh opposed to God. Well, of course, but um, it doesn't admit to a nice simplistic labeling system is my point. You know what I mean? And so the Christian trinket industry has done a great disservice to our abilities to discern. I remember Back, I mean, man, this was 15 years ago. Some of you won't even know this ever happened, but there was this big scandal about something called the Emergent Church. And it was uh, all of us Gen Xers who were saying, hey, maybe there's some ways that we can be thinking about church that aren't reflected in our boomer f- forefathers. Um, and and I I was accused of being in league with these evil people and whatever. And I remember a guy who came up Um, one day and he asked me, Hey, is the emergent church bad or is it good? And I said, yes, it's, it's both. And he literally said to me, I don't want, I don't want that answer. Just tell me if it's good or bad. And I thought that's, that is exactly what we yearn for when we start having Christian radio stations and Christian films and Christian, whatever. Right? There's a lot of false crap in Christian movies and in Christian music, and there's a lot of true crap in non-Christian films and, and music. So even when we're practicing Crino, um, it's, it doesn't admit to a very uh, simplistic you know categorization of Christian or non-Christian because I think people I think some people will hear, oh good, there's a good Crino and we're discerning good and bad, right and wrong. Well, that's easy. If it's Christian, it's good. If it's non-Christian, it's bad. And I just want to bang away at the idea that no, 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 no. The Bible admits to no uh, reduction in that way. Um, in fact, you have uh, Paul quoting, you know, poets and the prophets who were worshiping Zeus. That's in your inspired Bible. Jude quotes a non-canonical book called the Assumption of Moses yeah. um, in his uh, in his book. Um, you have instances where, you know, Timothy is told, dude, drink some wine for your stomach, man. Come on. Um, and, and um, you know, illness isn't just explained away as some sort of spiritual malaise, but it's actually considered like to be a real thing. like, And that physicians, yeah. Luke was a physician. And, the, you know, I mean, you just, and, and somewhere along the line, a substrand of Christian thought has kind of come to us and said, no, no you, you can't be worldly. And by worldly, we just mean anything secular or non-Christian. And I, we just want to say, no, the Bible doesn't operate according to those categories, right? Because of nature and because of general revelation and because of common grace, there are many things that aren't labeled Christians that are Christian that are true and good and beautiful and yeah. should be used and captured and enjoyed. And there are many things, as we've said before, that that carry the label that aren't worthy of it, and so we we sit in a uh, we sit in this text with several very difficult implications. The first one is I have to rummage through all of the ways that I condemn, and yeah. I do it subtly and quickly and not even thinking about it, right? So I take a tweet and and, it, and like 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 the Sean guy that we were talking about. Yeah. Right. What's his name? Sean begins Sean with Floyd. an F. Yes. I'm not a fan of that guy. Right. No. And yeah. And what I what I want to what I want to do is because I'm not a fan of what he's doing and what I think he represents. I I want to condemn him, uh, and put him in a category where right. I wouldn't love him as a neighbor. Um. You know what I mean? And because uh, I heartily disapprove. Of what he's doing so and
1: people make it very difficult to practice this really well <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and and i'm not saying all, all i know all i know to do with people like that is i pray god i pray you bless them
1: well i think it's interesting um so earlier when we're in uh, this section and we're talking about like the turn of their cheek, right. The, yeah, you know, not just laying down and, and, um, and offering, you know, but what all the implications of that brought forth of like the being backhanded, but then saying you can hit me again, but you're going to hit me with the open hand. And it, you know, it, I see some of these things like that, where it's hard because the fight stuff, like it's a, it's a, it's a conversation that becomes agitated really quickly with people. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when he releases shirts that say Jesus is a super spreader to just... Yep.
0: And promotes his to, worship album.
1: Yeah. To to egg on the, yeah. the dispute, it, you get into such a... I mean, that's where the discernment really, like, it gets really finite and really, like, you really have to be... <laughs> Yeah, but we can go through. to war on that. But we can go I know, to but war. I mean like I, with what you're saying about like not like it's easiest to just be like he's wrong, therefore I'm going to attack him. And right. but as the as the thing moves for it's just so organic and so much more three-dimensional than it is um just black and white like do, do, does that make am I yeah, making oh, absolutely. sense? Absolutely. absolutely. Because you have no. to, that conversation is long, it, it it becomes long, and then because of that, that discernment practice is like it's it's an ongoing muscle.
0: Yeah. Yes. That, yes. Yes. Because what can happen is that I become so energized against that person that I begin to receive life from my self righteousness and condemnation of them. Right. Yeah. And, and all which I'm sounds so is...
1: simple, which I feel like everyone people can just be
0: like, oh yeah, obviously. But <laughs> no, here we are. <laughs> this is the most insidious thing ever, and social media yeah. does nothing except encourage it and facilitate it, right? I mean, a, I make I have to be so careful, and 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 so we're left with a, a very challenging word uh, from Jesus on this. Okay, great. Let's say you're going to judge people, then just apply the same standard to yourself. Yeah. Great. When have you been an idiot? (laughs) Well, I can happen to think of lots of different times and ways. So if you're going to have a conversation with Mr. Sean, let's let's just admit to those first. Right. But but Paul certainly, I mean, he goes after Peter, and is like, dude, you're like, you are contradicting the gospel. Right. I mean, we can go after each other absolutely. And this is a case where we should, I think. I think you're absolutely right. It makes Jesus ugly. It 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 totally goes against what loving our neighbor means. It is it is promo I mean, it's promoting a brand. I just I cannot stand it. So I discern that. You're right to say, well, the next step is then the easiest step and the one that Jesus rules out. Right. He's an idiot. Right. I don't get to make that judgment. Yeah. And, um, and so when I want to, you know, if I'm healthy and in my right mind, um, the only way I can, the only way I battle that is just, I honor them as an image bearer and pray for God's blessing upon them.
1: Yeah. It's been an interesting, like all the time that I spent in the prison in LA, um, not as an inmate, but... I was going to say, I, spent I, think, there. I think you might <laughs> you want to, to clarify. clarify. Um, but when you're sitting, you know, I was working with guys that were all serving life without parole and that, um, you know, so there's heinous crimes involved with that. But when you're spending time with the individuals and having really long conversations and learning their histories and their stories and, and watching them wrestle against um, choices and lack of discernment and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just humanity is just so much more
0: complicated than two categories. I was, I went to this place in Nashville called Onsite about a year ago. And I was, it's a, it's a therapeutic kind of retreat center. I was there for six and a half days with a group of guys. And the first thing we did was we told each other why we were there. And, um, and some of the, some of the stuff that was being shared was, um, I mean, the the sin levels are at a 10. I mean, you couldn't, there aren't bigger sins than these, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, I, I was, I was horrified. I'm thinking to myself, I do not belong here. Ah, which is the great lie. Um, and then the next thing we did is we began sharing our backstories. Yeah, and you know you you, pro, you you have confidentiality of course, so I can't share anything except to say that the amount of abuse and neglect and uh, violence done uh, to these men, right. um, I I'm shocked. I'm I'm shocked. They there hasn't been worse. I mean. It is, you just sit there and you're like, oh my gosh, how could I? You know, I mean, it, it makes total sense why they would do what they do. Well, it and, makes it really interesting in, th-
1: with Matthew 25 that, you know, visiting people in mm, prison is lumped in with um, the poor. and Yes. So it's, it's a really, it is a much more nuanced conversation
0: than just like, you know cuz guess what you realize oh there's not a big line separating me right. from you <laughs> right absolutely and and, and all of a sudden there's just massive amounts of compassion and that and condemnation shuts us off from all of that all, all of it. it all of all of reconciliation and all of forgiveness and peacemaking Condemnation shuts us off from all of it, yeah. And I think as as kingdom people, um, this is a war that just simply will have to be fought over and over and over again. Particularly as our culture goes crazy um, and is insane with polarization right now. So and then so so first of all, we're not. We're, he rules out condemning. Secondly, he says. There is a good kind of discernment that you have to do. And if you're ever going to do it, you have to do it to yourself first, with the same standard you're going to use on anybody else. So if I'm going to go confront somebody on sexual sin, guess what I got to do first, right? (laughs) And then, then the context is, well, I'm not sitting around and expecting believers to act like non-believers. I'm, I'm, Expecting Christians to act like Christians and non Christians act like not Christians. So I'm not sitting in judgment of the world. No, if we're going to practice discernment, it's it's to those who've who've said publicly, yeah, 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 I want to live under this teaching of Jesus. Yeah, and even then, it's when you're invited on the inside of their lives, and even then, it's done gently. Um, Paul says to avoid tripping yourself up in that same direction. Now, if we became a community like that. Now we're cooking. Be fascinating. And, and then even then we don't get the opportunity because so some, some parts of cult of culture aren't obviously horrific. We don't get the opportunity just to label things Christian and non-Christian and be done with it. Yeah. Right? We test everything. Now Paul's using that to talk about prophecies in the church. Right. But but think about that. Test everything. So people who are coming up and prophesying, um, test that crap. Yes. What do you say?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's something, there was a a guy that I was just watching a clip from that prophesied, he was in Africa and he prophesied over this guy, this African man and said, you know, you're going to do these great things in the name of the Lord and blah, 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 blah. I was just saying all this stuff. And then the guy died the next week. That when he was prophesying <laughs> over, and so the whole village was like, "Hey, what happened? You 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 came yeah. in here and said this was," and he's like, "My prophecy was absolutely accurate. Satan stole him from mm, this, and yeah, and it's just a really interesting. Oh, you get um, to all
0: the all the people that prophesied Trump's second term are really doing well, some fascinating going. gymnastics. Yeah, yes.
1: Well, the I think the stuff with art is I just think is so interesting. Um like looking at the poets and um, artists and different things from the time and seeing like discerning that and, but understanding the depths of people and the way humanity were. Like uh, teaching creative writing right now and I was talking to the kids about Andy Warhol because I didn't understand mm. Andy Warhol's art ever. I didn't, he mm. was like, mm. it was like early Photoshop or something, you know, I didn't get it. <laughs> and then I was finally like when it clicked and I was listening to him talk about it, like his famous picture of a can of soup yeah. And how that was that art's purpose is to help people pause and look at something in a new way. Hmm. Cuz we don't do that with anything. We don't take the time to really like see something for what it, all all the complexities of what it could be, and art does that and music does that and the more that we dumb it down or don't allow I just think it's an interesting thing to look at um you know that there is there can be this truth in art that we can learn a lot from and understanding yeah. the people right. that we are living right.
0: amongst. And that we are. I yeah. mean, good Lord. Th- where, where is this? Like, we cease being human when we become Christian. So I'm sorry, I can't relate to your despair. You <laughs> well, know, that's what's or hard you're... for
1: me as an Enneagram 4 or whatever. Like, that's a way I process everything. And so mm. when those things get demonized or tossed out, I flounder. And yeah. I can't, like... That was the project that I did with the, or that's how I processed my time working with the guys in the prison was I wrote that record using all, you know, using a bunch of their narratives and their stories. Cause that's how I process. Yeah. That's all I could do to go through that information. And so when, yeah.
0: Did you, did you, how many times did you say the word Jesus on that album? Um,
1: zero. Well, uh, then no, it's not a Christian. Was it used as in really a... interesting. Was well, it there's a, a there's sense? Ones, uh, <laughs> no, one sense? Like no, two of the guys, three of the songs are not about people who found Jesus because I wasn't in there for ministry reasons, exactly. I wasn't for educational purposes. But the two of the guys that I wrote about did um, find faith in prison. And so their journey is really fascinating where it comes from gang life and murder at a young age to reconciling their choices and the things that they did the world Mm. that they grew up in and then where they Mm. were and who Jesus Mm. was in that. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's a really fascinating arc and it's a very human one, which I think Jesus is obviously very invested in the mess of humanity. and
0: (laughs) Oh, just his movement. Look at his freaking movement. It's nothing but cast offs and misfits. And here's the woman that's been, you know, had seven demons cast out of her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. His movement looked like a first century AA meeting.
1: Oh man, this I've thought that not... I've thought about AA so much through this series. <laughs> I have cuz I think it's totally. such an interesting
0: Yeah, you want to meet the poor in spirit, go to an AA meeting or go yeah. to an SA meeting. The poor in spirit who are working hard
1: on everything, like not just sitting in it
0: I just, it's yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Well, now that we've solved it, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> hey, Vox. You guys are awesome. Oh, come here, Seth. We haven't had a Seth interruption. Come here. This is for the podcast. Yes. All right. So say, yes. hey, everybody.
2: Hey, buddy. It's Seth. That's Seth.
0: And I'm 12.
2: I'm 12.
0: And I'm awesome. I'm awesome. And Daddy Mike is awesome.
2: <laughs> yep. No, um, oh, no. Yeah, I want you to are, say that. We are. Daddy Mike is at We Are Shred Quarters.
0: Yeah. This, we are The Shred Quarters? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Shred Quarters. Dot <laughs> com. Dot <laughs> com. Exactly. He's found a YouTube channel of this dad and his son. And they, the dad owns a skateboard company, and they call it The Shred Quarters. That's genius. So See? That's, inspiration ooh. in the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, Seth Erie, yeah. how are you?
2: Um, i nine.
0: You're nine? Yeah. Nope. I think you're 12.
2: Yeah, probably 12.
0: Yeah, okay. That's, I'm glad we got that clear. All right, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Let's do a blessing yeah. for the Vox people. All right, let's tell them goodbye.
2: Goodbye, people. Uh, say up.
0: Goodbye, people.
2: Uh, say up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So proud of you.
0: So proud of you.
2: Fox Podcast. Fox Podcast. Tim Stafford. Tim Stafford. And
0: Bonnie.
2: That is, is ColumbusOhio.com.
0: ColumbusOhio.com. Check it out.
2: looks it up. Tennessee. Tennessee.
0: Yeah, Tennessee.com, too. So we got to check oh. out Tennessee.com. Well done, my son. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I can't say any better than that. That is awesome. So, friends, we will pick up, unless something horrific happens, we will pick up uh, the next section of the Sermon on the Mount next week. It will be glorious. Any last thoughts, Timothy? Nope. Wow. And again, on on that, we will close. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to be part of your life. We greatly um, enjoy it and are honored by it. And so until next time, friends.
1: Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash voxpodcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash voxpodcast, on Instagram at voxpodcast, and on Twitter at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.